welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, folks, you know, I talk about mental health on this podcast a lot. Uh, with my own struggles, uh, a lot of times I'll talk to guests about their struggles. And uh, that being said, I uh, want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether that's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professional professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. As a bonus, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Macalino. That's BetterHelp.com slash M-A-C-O-L-I-N-O. Welcome to the show. Uh, today, I've got Will Blaine on with me. Uh, he is the author of the short story series, Wildly Inappropriate Stories for Children. Uh, and um, these are actual books for children, but they've got a nice twist to them. Uh, he actually, near the end of this, reads me one, so stay tuned for that. We talk about a lot of stuff. Um, starting with, I'll, I'll jump, I'll jump uh, the gun here. Starting with the very beginning, I'm talking to him about uh, feeling a little queasy and uh, you know uncertain with my stomach. This was shot i think just a few minutes after i finished filming one of the earlier episodes of the man show live which is a daily monday through friday show i co-host uh you can find it live on youtube or you can find the reruns on youtube um and uh, that that specific day we tested two mres uh each that the host had purchased online and uh, some of the food was definitely expired. Um, so I was, uh, in the beginning, my, my stomach was still a, a little grumbly, but uh, no no issues uh, <laughs> during the broadcast. So uh, he, he knew what I was coming into. So that's why we, uh, we started off uh, talking about that. But that's a short time. Then we get into good stuff. We talk a lot, like about language, how, uh, how things... How language has evolved. We talk a lot about children and, uh, you know, it's just an interesting uh, all around conversation. And again, stay tuned for his uh, yet to be published book that he reads to me that uh, I will be buying for two of my nephews as soon as it comes out. Um, I think that's about all I've got to say. Hey, check out my Facebook page or the, the show's Facebook page. Um, 
and follow the Women Want Everything Facebook page because a new uh, new uh, movie poster popped out uh, Saturday, uh, and uh, I particularly like it. Um, <laughs> so check that out. Uh, make sure you follow me on all the social media so you can stay tuned. I got a lot of a lot of uh, balls in the air right now with different things going on, so I don't always remember when I'm recording my intro and outro uh, to touch on everything. So, uh, you know, be safe. Follow me on all the, the socials or whatever socials you're on is probably a safe bet. And uh, you'll have a better chance of uh, catching me on the next thing that I do. Uh, that's about all I got to say about that in the pre-roll. Um, thank you to uh, BetterHelp, as I mentioned before, for sponsoring uh very excited uh for that um and i'm gonna hit you with one more ad read but i'm gonna wait until after the podcast enjoy there's me and will blaine all right everybody i am very pleased to welcome will blaine to the jeff macalino podcast how are you will doing great today great it's uh good to have you on um and I'll be honest, as I as I'm as I'm sitting here, my stomach's rumbling. So if I have to run away and vomit, you just have to fill the air. <laughs> yeah, I've eaten enough survival food to know that I'd probably rather not survive. <laughs> Unfortunate. That's that's. I wonder how all the military people get get by with those. They must get used to them after a while. I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, in fairness, you know, I drink enough that I don't think it, it never actually causes any side effects, but I feel like it should, <laughs> you know, like this should give me diarrhea, but at least then it would be out of my system. Now it's like, it's just in me. <laughs> well, I, I think with what they're so dehydrated, it takes probably quite a bit of fluid to just get them back to the point where they're digestible. That's true. So it's probably just sitting somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so Will, uh, <laughs> great introduction I've started with, huh? Uh, you, uh, you are an author, uh, of the short series, oof, short story series, Wildly Inappropriate Stories for Children. That is correct. That is correct. When did you start that? Give me, give me a little, uh, give me a little backstory here on this. <laughs> so I've been, I've been at this. I've been a writer for a long time, but I started the series about two or three years ago. Um, it's, it, the series is about all the things that that children do. We all do at one point in our life that parents would rather we didn't do. So my first book uh, is called Vlad in the Vast Beach. It's about a little boy who takes his. Uh, uh, vacation at the beach with his with his mom and and wanders off and has an adventure on his own. You know we've all wandered off from our parents and gotten lost. Um, my second book is called uh, Sticky Fingers from Jam. Uh, that's about a little boy that wakes up early in the morning and decides to make himself breakfast. And that was actually inspired by by a uh, a story when I was growing up. I grew up in West Virginia, and oh sorry, West Virginia. It's very rural, <laughs> so. Um, I, I grew up on a large farm, about 120 acres. Was, no, by today's standards, it's not that large, but it's a 120-acre farm. And my chores during the summertime were to go out and, and feed the animals that were in, at the barn. 
uh, in the middle of the property. So that web meant that six o'clock in the morning, I was walking past my uncle's house. And this particular morning, my, my cousin, who was a couple, you know, several years younger than I am, emerged from a cornfield. He was covered entirely in butter and sugar, wearing absolutely nothing. Oh, completely naked butter and sugar. So he proceeds to tell me that he had made himself breakfast. And I didn't think about that again until recently. I'm in my mid fifties now. So I didn't think about that until, until recently. And I thought, you know, I wonder what his house looked like. I mean, his kitchen, his living room, his, his bedroom after he had made himself breakfast and was covered with that much butter and sugar, it had to be a mess. So that's what inspired the story. Uh, <laughs> sticky fingers from jam. So um, this is things that things that happen. We, we, we all do them. <laughs> was his desire to be eaten by someone else's breakfast, or did he actually make himself breakfast? <laughs> it's hard to go. I mean, I've had I raised my daughter and everything, and and I it, it one you wonder what goes through their minds sometimes. And oh I, yeah, I'm sure that I've done similar things. I've I've I'm sure I've wake woken up early in the morning and made myself breakfast and made a mess in the kitchen and all that kind of thing. I know I've wandered away from my parents from, from time to time and you know, had a little heart attack realizing that you're not there. Um, but those are the things that children do and that's what makes it makes it uh, exciting. That's what that's that's real life. Uh, yeah. I just wrote a story a few weeks ago. It's called Wee Wally. So uh, every every male person that I've talked I've read the story to loves it. It is a story about little boys and their potty training experience, basically. So I don't know if you, you could probably relate to this. You you when you were when you were young, you and and, and I you know I'm in about like I said I'm in my mid fifties and I still like peeing on things. You know you, you oh you, yeah, uh, <laughs> you, know, you, you know not in public obviously, but you know you're out in out in the woods or whatever, and you know, that's that's what that's what happens. That's that's a it's kind of a um, in inborn. <laughs> male thing that, that, that the boys do. And then the whole story about it is it's great. It's a good story. I, um, so <laughs> I've got a story I shouldn't tell, so I'll probably tell it soon, but so your books are inappropriate for children, but also for children, correct? For children. Yeah, kind of a tongue in cheek thing, you know, it's, it's the, all my stories uh, I'm very big on education and 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 parent reading to their children. These are these are books that are designed for parents to read to their children with their children. Um, and I and I I think that's a huge thing. It, it helps build strong family relationships. And I, I used to be a school teacher also, and it really helps when parents actually read to their children. Mm -hmm. uh, establishing establishing good reading skills is a fundamental part of being successful in life. You know, I think I've, I've gotten to uh, the point where I've, you know, I've had kids in high school that are functionally illiterate because they, they, they don't, they don't read well. And I mean, they can, you know, they can make their way through the world, but to comprehend legal documents or, or something that's, that's important. Um, they struggle. They really do. And I, and you, and you see that in society too. If you, if you uh, go and, and look at, you know, check caching places and things like that. Those places wouldn't exist if people understood what they were reading and were yeah. able to comprehend 450% interest. They, they, and people don't, they, they get caught in a spiral. Um, they see what is easy and quick and 
it, it does not work to their to, for their success. Well, yeah, read for your kids. It's a good place to start. Yeah, no, it, it's um, and I I took it a I, with my kids. Now they're ten and about to be thirteen. Oof, that's a whole separate thing. <laughs> but but um, not only re- making them read, reading with them when they're young, and making them read when they get older. And I, frankly, I even think part of it is um, making them write or at least be imaginative is important too. Like I, I remember when my kids were younger, I, I said, "Hey, we're a superhero family. We're we're writing these things. What are what are the stories?" And we'd go around and we'd have to just we just sat around the three of us, me, my daughter, my son, and it would be he was a puzzle boy, my daughter was tornado, and I was whiskey man, and we we Fun each. Stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah, which in hindsight, when your son is like five years old and you're like, ah, oh, my superpower is drinking, it's probably not. That. <laughs> but hey, I'm setting realistic expectations at the same time. And I was never, <laughs> yeah, I, I was always the character who would just get beat up by, you know, if there was a, you know, a big bad, I'd just take a beating because I could, because <laughs> that was my superpower. <laughs> Right, right. But, uh, no, I think that's important to, uh, I don't know, just it makes your brain work. Like, you know, outside of just your everyday life, um, yeah, no, I I love that um, because it is hard uh, to, and I don't know how long it's been since you've taught, but I'm sure even, yeah, I mean, you're not old enough that you didn't have to deal with social media unless you retired really young. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't do that. I, 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 I've been, I work for a major automotive manufacturer. I'm a process engineer. I've been doing that for the last 27 years. So I, I work with, um, some, some groups and do volunteer work in, in some of the schools. And a uh, matter of fact, I just did that a few, a few weeks ago with, with some, um, some grade school age children and i had it was a great time you know it's in it's not like all kids are illiterate they, by oh large, no by and large they 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 read very well uh, they have pretty good math skills uh, but you know that's those are the, those are fundamental things you know i i can remember uh, how much i hated to learn my multiplication tables when i was in you know fourth or fifth grade or something like that i didn't i didn't see the reason for it i'll never use this and i've, I've heard those things a lot and, and it, it may be true if you're not using those you're probably not going to be very successful in life if you because you know i, I work in a factory learning to I, I i can i know guys that that add and subtract fractions all day every day you know you have to that's that's the job and if you don't learn that that's a that's a problem and, and how many how many grown american people are able to successfully add or subtract fractions a lot of people have problems with it you know just because they didn't yeah. like it in school and just never really learned so um we have we have opportunities there and and um the, the key is though if you learn to read well you can learn math you know you can read a book and, and help you understand it you can read a book on anything and and understand it in a, in a short period of time but that's a fundamental skill learning to read well and to comprehend what you're reading and that has to start it's easier if you start from a very young age yeah no well i mean it it's the same as they always say it's easier to learn a foreign language if you start at a young age everything's easier if you start 
you know, when the brain is malleable, right? I mean, it's true. It's true. I, I, I learned to speak Russian and my wife and I speak Russian now. And it's, it's, it was difficult because I started when I was about 40. So it was, it was, uh, it was much more of a challenge. Hey, the, the first time I charted on the uh, comedy podcast podcast charts was in Russia. So I'm, I'm, oh, really? <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, it's very hard to chart on the comedy, like, because that's every podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, I'm like, hey, Russia. Hey. Oh, now there's the Ukraine thing. It's like, I don't, I don't have a side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go dive into that. <laughs> very, very heated at the moment. Mm. Yes, I will say, and this is not to get political whatsoever, I will say, Wars are never between good guy and good guy or good guy and bad guy. They're always a mix, in my opinion. But that's a controversial opinion. We don't need to dive into it. I, I mean, if if you want to, I'll let you try. No, we can, I'm we not can, throwing you in. We can talk about that. I mean, I, I, I'm not a political person. I, I, you know, everybody has their own ideas on things. And, and frankly, you know, it, it, one person is going to be just as bad as another person. Yeah, history's written by the winners, though. Well, well, <laughs> ultimately, ultimately, we still have the same problems, don't we? I mean, we, yeah. we all, you know, whatever politician gets in into office, we ultimately all get sick and we ultimately all die, and we live some type of okay life, no matter where we are. We might be oppressed a little bit, and we might be a little more affluent, but in the grand scheme of things, they don't really affect people's lives that much i mean not to not to a great extent maybe a little bit but not to a great extent you you shouldn't let uh, this is that's a, a, an excellent point you shouldn't let a politician uh, especially my thing is always this a, a federal politician i understand if your mayor is some psychopath who makes your little town i mean I, you know I don't know if you live in a bigger city in Ohio or a smaller city, but I understand if you live in a small town and your mayor does something crazy, uh, that can that can affect your day or, or you know ruin your attitude. But like letting someone in Washington affect your life in Florida, it should be like that nah, doesn't matter. I live my life, you know. It is you know. Hey, I'm not. I'm I, whatever. Do what you want to do. I'm me. I'm my own person. I I have, I raise my kids the way I want to. Um, I don't know. I, I I feel like too many people's days, and I think this is part of why the news media is, you know, they're ratings driven. They and they're always trying to scare you. Whether you, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, it's always this side's trying to do this. This side's trying to do that. When it's like all the politicians, they get along. They don't. That they're they're fine. They're laughing at you. <laughs> it's a game, and and too many people buy into the rhetoric hook, line, and sinker. I mean, you you see people getting so wrapped up in claims that may or may not be true, uh, or have a certain amount of spin to them. Uh, you know, the truth lies you know, somewhere around there, probably. But but they get so worked up over it to the extent that they do. You know, criminal acts and, and sometimes even worse, you know, just terrible, terrible things. And it even affects their lives. It affects their moods. It affects their livelihoods. Um, but the thing is, they they let it, though. Mm -hmm. They get so wrapped up in it. Um, so it it's, 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 a, it's a guarantee that no matter who's in office, that the world 
is going to continue and till the very end, you know, uh, and uh, you know, whatever political persuasion that you that you have, you're you're still going to get sick. You're still going to grow old. You're still going to die. You're still going to have the same shared experience that you have with most other people, and that's not going to matter who's in office. Yeah, and it, it is ironic uh, the shirt I'm wearing today, Groot. Groot 2020. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I, I just thought of that. I'm like, huh, that's, that's a good shirt to wear during this conversation. We'd all be better if Groot were president, and that was all. <laughs> it is sad, though. I, I'll say this. I know adults who I love, friends and family who, and this is both sides of the aisle, whose days and weeks have been ruined because, did you see that orange man make a mean, he said something mean in a speech. I'm like, why the hell do you let some idiot or Joe Biden? Did you hear what he said? I don't care what he said. I don't, and and that's the biggest thing to me. It's not even like they're not generally like even about like legislation. It's like he said something that I don't like. It's like so what? Grow up. <laughs> they have some outlandish statement that they that they make, and then they intensify it with their the rhetoric from the opposite political party. And it's crazy. Now, and it's not to say that that's not wrong with what they do, but sure, who doesn't make mistakes and who doesn't, you know, ultimately, if you're in the grand scheme of things, who is qualified for these things? You know, I, I think about this in, in respect to, you know, what, what do you, what do you think of as qualifications to be president or, or whatever? Um, is it, is it, would you like to have a degree in economics? Well, we haven't had a president that has a degree in economics, but that's the biggest issue that's, you know, or one of the biggest issues that they're talking about. But nobody that is, is that has that type of thing is even considered. They only they only go because they're of a political party or, or, or um, you know, popular on television at one point or, or some <laughs> other thing, vague, vague yeah. thing. The, not not for their qualifications. It, it's it's and then it's it's funny the rhetoric that this this spun is oh so and so is the most qualified, but the only thing that makes him qualified is that he's the most popular or the most electable. And yeah, that, that's not that's not really good for solving problems. You, you know what's interesting? This this actually uh, this as you're saying this this pops into my mind and this relates very much to you writing books for for children adults are pretty much the same <laughs> there's really not because look i when when you go to middle school the loudmouth bully who who uh, you know calls your friend a bad name in front of the in the cafeteria ruins your whole day you go home and your life seems so horrible because this bully said something mean about someone you liked and does it matter and, and as parents you say, you know, words shouldn't hurt you, blah, blah, blah. But then as adults, and again, I'm talking relatives who are old, friends who are my age, you know, people between 20 and 70 who are, somebody's words out of their mouth are literally making their life be a wreck. And it's like, it, we're basically, no matter how old we are, maybe you and I excluded, not me, but... We're basically just children who are just bigger and and think we're well 
I guess we're smarter, most of us, <laughs> but but more, ex- more experienced. I wouldn't more say. experienced. Yes, where you know, there's a great song. Um, it's not a great song, but a line in a song by AJR is uh, the line itself is you got older because you're good at life. And it's like, that's that's what you're good at just staying alive. That's why we're older. We're not we're not more emotionally intelligent. The big bully who says something mean about something that we don't like, it still ruins our day. Not mine, because I don't care what any president says. I don't care what what any senator says. They're all evil, and I just, yeah, you're bad. I, anyone who runs for president, in my opinion, this goes back to what you said, not to convolute the, the astute comment I just made, but anyone who runs for president should be disqualified because they're too much of a narcissist that they shouldn't be allowed to be president, in my opinion. If you think you're qualified to be president, you're inherently not. <laughs> Well, and then, of course, when they, in order to become president, they have to say a lot of polarizing things, whether they believe mm-hmm. in reality mm-hmm. or not. And, and that's just to get elected and to curry favor with uh, certain certain groups of people. So, you know, and, and you wonder to what degree of honesty are they maintaining just to get into the office, much less to maintain it. So, I, you know, you wonder, you wonder about a lot of things like that. And then... then which which raises you back to the qualifications. Is that is that the kind of person that you want to have in office? Can you even can you even get into office with the, with any uh, semblance of of qualifications for what it takes to solve all these problems? And I, I don't think they do. And I, I don't I you know I would be hard pressed. It would be a very rare person that would have all the qualifications necessary to take on all the problems that we have, not only in the United States but but also in the world, you know, the United States is, is supposed to be a, a leader in the world and, and trying to help solve problems. And of course they've probably done some good things, but in reality, it's a very, very rare person that would be, I, would, I not know about smart enough, but, but to have all of the, put, put all those things together that's necessary, all those qualities um, to be the president. They, they just look one-dimensionally as long as you're a, a hardline what, whatever party you're in this or that yeah <laughs> uh, then then you're you're gonna be there you're gonna be our guy and we got a bunch of people that'll vote for you yeah it's it's sad and I didn't mean to step on the point because I, I I went on a bit of a rant um but I, I but I I, I I did I mean it is it is weird that uh I, I don't know, and and maybe this is, is uh, I mean, this is probably uh, something, you know, writing books for children, it, you can probably easily appeal to adults. Uh, I mean, not that it's easy to do any of that, I'm not saying that, but, like, because I do think it, in, in our heart of hearts, we're all still just children who have been good enough to get older. Mm-hmm. Not 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 good enough, meaning moral or ethical. Just good enough to not die, and I I get I so, I don't mean that in a obviously in an offensive way to anyone who dies young from something that's unpreventable. Of course, right, right. <laughs> well, I, uh, I when I write my books, it's one thing that I that I would like to talk about is is how how to address political 
type issues in books. Mm. So my, my latest book is The Glorious Gizzard of Frost, and it's not part of the wildly inappropriate children for, stories for children series. It's a, I write other stories too. I didn't, didn't want to get myself pigeonholed into that, but it's about a little chicken and, and uh, trying to find its place in the world. So in, at one point in the story, um, it, is, it, it has become a spectacle and become known all over the world. So the, the political leader is the president of the world. That's what I, that's how I put it in, in the, in the book. So, um, it's not the president of whatever country is the president of the world because it got to be a, a, a big scene like that. Uh, I think that's an interesting concept. Um, you know, yeah, everybody, everybody's for their own country and things like that, which, and that's, that's inherent and that's what's taught when, when we're, when we're young. Um, most people don't think in terms of having a, a worldwide united government. Um, and I think that's something that, that we, that would make a lot of sense, really. I mean, if we were able to have a, a, a worldwide government that looked out for the interests of everybody, that'd be pretty cool. But probably not possible in today's geopolitics, but <laughs> politics, the but things, the way things are today, everybody's taught from birth that their country's the greatest. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, somebody has got to be the greatest, obviously, but, but, you know, that we have this, this inborn tendency to think that we're the best and everybody thinks they're the best. And that's what leads to problems. That's one of the first steps. That's a, that's a, uh, that's actually an interesting thing. Uh, again, this is something I was ranting about to my children, uh, and, and good or bad. Uh, <laughs> But I, I, I have spoken, I mean, within the last month, I think, I, I've spoken to several people who were scientists. And one of the things they always say is the people identifying in groups is the worst thing for humanity because we are a species. Right. We should all, humans should all, it doesn't matter what your skin pigmentation is. It doesn't exactly. matter if you're this or that. Um, it, it's... The, the and one thing politically i believe is the greatest minority in the world is you you are an individual you are one of one there's nobody else you are a snowflake not not the negative connotation of a snowflake you are so you are the only one of you that has ever been made and will ever exist you are the greatest minority not you as a a, a white black jew indian italian uh any other race asia i'm not uh, any other race. it doesn't matter you as an individual and uh actually idris idris elba the british actor who's black he had something he said yesterday in the press that came out um He's like, they keep asking me what it's like to be the first black to do that. He's like, I don't know. I, I'm the first Idris to do it, and that's all that matters to me. And it's like, thank you. That's, that's we're individuals. So first of all, embrace your individuality. You are your own person. Do, you know, you don't need to identify with groups, be it your country, your state. Though I'm a proud Floridian. Uh, <laughs> um uh, but, uh, well, within reason, I guess, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things that you're, you're pigeonholing yourself and that's, um, can lead well, to, I encourage you that in a society, that's you, you are to be a part of a group. You have to be, 
part of who's like you or or your particular interests or your particular feelings or your particular persuasion or your particular whatever you know religion creed whatever uh, everybody has to get, get in their little segment and only associate and and think that the other people are are terrible and their little clique or their own little group is the only one that's okay so I, I wonder how that's going to turn out and we see how it's turned out it's turned out that we have a divided world a very divided world you know even within this country there's a huge amount of division not just the two major political parties but uh, even down to families you know everybody's yeah. divided against another you know even even within households they, they you know your parents can't get along with their kids and and you know that could be from a political point of view or um, you know, and, and that's because everybody everything that you see in the media is encouraging you to be of one persuasion or another and that does not work for unity no no and, and by the way one of the things i'm most proud of was my answer to my daughter today she said her if you had to choose are you right wing or left wing and i said i'm above them both <laughs> so your daughter your daughter is how old she's about to turn 13 13 and she's worried about whether you're left or right wing that's curious well yeah so she she's a she's very intelligent and um she yeah she she's curious about things like that because she's one of those kids who um well, she's on the autism spectrum, but you wouldn't know it unless you spend a lot of time with her. Um, and she was one who, she she likes to be one of those, I'm a victim. All my teachers are targeting me. That's why I don't get good grades. Or this teacher is sexist. All the girls in the class aren't getting good grades. And I'm like, just stop. Just stop if you, you know, just stop being a victim. You're not a victim. You're, you're, that's, that's taught. I mean, it's, that's, it, we, we are taught that, you know, in, in, in the media, um, you know, it, it, everybody's out to take advantage of you. Mentality is, is encouraged, you know? Oh yeah. And it's that, that victim mindset's very self-defeating. And, and it's almost like, it's like credit points nowadays. Like I, and, and, and look, to be fair, and I've even, I, I, I should probably, I, I might edit this, what I'm saying out of the podcast, but uh, <laughs> uh, my kids, you know, I'm 70 something percent Italian. I'm Italian. And then I'm like, you know, a little bit of Irish and a little bit of like Northern African. My family was not here until the 1910s, 19, between 1910, 1920. So, you know, we were not slave owners. My ancestors, I mean, unless they were back in Europe, which they probably were, I guess, or, or maybe my people were the slave. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. But my ex-wife, her family is purebred English, and they've been here since the 17, 1600s, whatever. And I'm like, well... I think it was my daughter who's like, I'm just going to lean into your ethnicity. We were not here until after slavery. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably smarter. But it's like, I, and that's not necessarily making yourself a victim. But it's like, you know, look, why why do kids have to worry about that at the same extent? It's like she's 12 years old and she's like, I don't want to be accused of being a, a an, an, a, you know, 
seven generations down an ancestor of a slave owner on this side so i'm just going to claim i'm i'm the italian side who didn't come over until you know world war one and we fought the nazis in world war two and and our our homeland in world war two so we're good right <laughs> yeah so i wonder about that if 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 you think back through history you know slavery has been a common thing not not just in the united states and, and africa uh Mm -hmm. Africa, but it's been it's been very common throughout history so it's i i think that it's even within africa there's lots there was slavery going on and i'm sure that there still still is in, in some countries yeah so i in the grand scheme of things i wonder how many people have not been a slave at some point in their heritage uh, i think that probably the majority have have been some type of slave at some point you know my family was not is not rich. I mean, we're not dirt poor, but you know, I'm certainly not that wealthy. So you wonder, you wonder. So yeah, yeah, and it's you know that that was even a thing. Literally yesterday, I was having a conversation about the forefathers with my daughter, and I'm like, yeah, John Adams, I think was a piece of shit, but Thomas Jefferson seemed like a great guy. He was all about this. My daughter's like, yeah, he did own slaves, and I'm like, yes but so did everyone. <laughs> and by all accounts, he was the nicest of the, you know, it, it, look, it was terrible, terrible. Not excuse it, but it's like, literally, it, I actually told her something that I probably shouldn't say on the podcast. Um, I'll go ahead and fire at it, and you don't have to chime in if you don't want to, and I might edit it out, and you can tell me if you want me to edit it out. I said, look, 100 years from now, you know, actual feminists are going to look back at this generation that we're in right now and say, you named a man who decided he was a woman, you named him woman of the year? You let men dominate women's sports because they said they were females even though they still actually had male genitalia you were men were really trying to erase women from the planet weren't you and it, i'm like eh, i mean you could argue not that i'm arguing it it's curious how things a hundred years from now this could look really bad that men were trying to erase women <laughs> yeah it is, it is it's interesting to to look back at things from the perspective of time you know, if we we look we look back and we we look at the ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia and and you know different countries like that and we have entire uh, branches of education dedicated to to looking at them and and we do judge don't we 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 look at them and they and and the times in which they were living they thought that they were 100% correct you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know even even back in in the 1700s you know we look at the medical uh, diagnostics and the, the things that they did back then and we think they're barbaric yeah but what happens what's going to happen another hundred years so you know like um they used to think that transfusing sheep's blood into into you was going to be a good treatment for particular diseases you know a, a medical doctor today would think that's insane but 200 years ago yeah not a bad idea that was that was that was accepted and you know top-notch medical practice so what's going to happen? What's going to happen in another hundred years? How are they going to feel about the things that we do medically, the things that we do socially? You know, the things that we uh, accept. Um, 
I think I think that there will be dramatic change. Yeah, and that's kind of uh, yeah. I I forget who who said it, but there's been obviously I'm sure you're aware of like comedians, especially you know nowadays looking back at the '70s, comedians who said things that are whoa. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you, you wish you had that one back, don't you? Well, and even even that the 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 great thing is you know watch the if the audience laughed then guess what you know unless he was performing in front of the Ku Klux Klan or or you know whatever they were pro- it was appropriate at the time right yeah. like that's the thing it's like there times change you know I I I grew up um, I knew from the day I was born never to say the n word you know. I, I've never heard my parents say it, but, well, and again, my grandparents were from Italy, so I don't even know if that was a word that you, but I know people, white people, whose grandparents, they're like, yeah, they still use the M word, it's kind of embarrassing, but that's the word they used when they were younger, and I still use uh, a certain word that begins with R, because when I was in school, that's, you know, you called your friends retarded all the time. That was how you showed love. You didn't say, I love you. You said, oh, you're retarded. I mean, that it's not my kids. I use that word in front of them. Well, and they, they never back. have said it in their lives. Well, that goes back to your standards. You know, what, what's, what, what are your values? And, and that's why it really uh, is helpful to sit down and, and have a long meditative session on what you are saying is in, in how you do feel, um, you know, what your feelings are for, you know, everything from medical to poli- political to educational, you know, social, whatever, uh, issues that you, that you have, sit down and think about it and, and, and figure out what your standards are and see if you can live with that and, and look at that in, in the scope of history and 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 really what's going to be right in the in the long term i i like that and that's it well look there's another word that again i i know you're older than me but i'm sure your generation used a word that begins with f i don't use that word that not the f word the slur (laughs) i don't use that word anymore because i'm like yeah that was bad i used it when i was in middle school all the time but everyone did and, and and look i don't use it anymore because i'm like that that's actually that's offensive and you know so i made you know and look i'm 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 probably sounding like an idiot because i'm like yeah i say retarded but i won't say that word uh but i won't because it i i understand why that one's offensive and by the way my daughter had the best comeback one day when i <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I'm like, what are, are you retarded? And she's like, uh, daddy, are you being ableist? Cause I'm on the spectrum right now. And technically <laughs> I'm like, you're not, she's like, no, I thought that would be funny. I'm like, it was, it was very good. I appreciate that. So she, she doesn't, she does not take offense to it, of course, because it's vastly, you know, different meanings, but uh, to be, to be fair, neither of my children have ever said that word, even though I use it mainly when I'm driving, if that makes a difference. 
<laughs> I think I think that there are different triggers for people for with with uh, their emotional responses to things. Uh, I think mine is is telemarketers. It, it, mm. it makes me upset that somebody not only so it's not that they call me. I, I don't mind people calling me. And if I choose to pick up the phone, I, I would expect to have a conversation. But then they don't have a conversation. They just try to talk over top of you. And that and that's kind of a trigger for me. You know, it's some, if anything gets me upset, that's probably it. So I'm, I'm just, you know, it's, it's it's different if somebody's going to have a conversation with you and talk about their product or service or something like that. And if I choose to answer my phone, which I normally don't, I don't typically pick it up unless I if I don't recognize the number. Um, you know, have a conversation. Don't don't try to talk over top of me and and you know, try to cram it cram your message down my throat. So. Some of the best humor I've had with my son. I don't know why. It's always him next to me. Is when I answer the phone and it's an unknown number, and because I'm, you know, auditioning for stuff and 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 whatnot, I I it, unless it comes up as scam likely, I, I'll usually answer it. And then you hear when you say hello and you hear that bloop, you're like, all right, I know it's a I know it's a scam call. But yesterday. Literally last night, the guy didn't answer, and I started singing "Frosty the Snowman." And I, I changed. I couldn't remember the words, so I said something about. And then he took a dump on your head, <laughs> and the telemarketer's like, "What?" <laughs> and, and my son, my son was crying, laughing at the reaction of it. So I'm like, "Yes," but every time I'll, I'll answer the phone and I'll just start singing like a song that was playing on the whatever. And the, I mean, you know. That that's my gimmick, I. So I don't get I don't get fed up with them. They actually curse me out more than I curse them out because I'll just start singing. We were talking about um, or the speech that we choose to use, and I think I think a lot of people use uh, expletives as crutches. In, mm -hmm. in the and I, I just I never I never liked how that sounded. I grew up, and obviously most people did use those words but it, i never liked how it sounded because it it didn't it doesn't convey anything it doesn't say anything it's just like you know maybe that's maybe that's me i'm i'm gonna so i'm a process engineer which is basically an efficiency expert i said maybe that's maybe that's what i have deep rooted in my soul i didn't like the inefficiency of just saying words that have no meaning yeah conversation you know so it's a it's a choice people make and, and some people just get into the habit of doing it and you know, it's, it's. I think it's a detriment to people also because it, it, it inhibits their their free thinking and and, and how they speak and, and how they communicate. I, I agree with you. I think that's uh, especially the F word, which can be used in every variation. The classic F word, not the the one I was talking I mean, about. There's, there's no meaning. There's no meaning. It's, yeah, it, it means anything, which is like that again. It's a crutch. It's like I don't know how to express it, so I'm going to just start spewing the F word. Right. No, and that it, it's um, it's lazy, and that's it is. I I don't, again interacting with children. The thing that there's a few things, especially like I coach my son's flag football team, and there's like they're saying lulls, like L O L Z, which I don't even know what the Z stands for, but like they're say instead of laughing, they're saying L O L. But saying lull, you know that was a funny thing. So um, 
I don't know how if you remember the early days of the internet when they used to have um, ICQ and different chat uh, features where you could just talk to anybody and you talk to your friends and whoever. Um, that was that got to be a habit. Everybody would type LOL. When I was growing up, when you before before, well, I, we always had computers, but before the internet, anyway, we we would still have to write letters if we would write anything. And and I always had their tradition of if there was something funny, I would write H A with an exclamation point. You know, yeah. And then everybody went to this LOL, and now apparently it's LOL Z in speech. That's kind of a curious. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> well, it's, it's an evolution, isn't it? I mean, that's that's just. Uh, things are, are changing. It's not necessarily wrong. It's just uh, maybe, you know, I didn't, I didn't mean when, when I'm writing a letter by hand years and years ago, when I write ha, I didn't, ins wasn't intended to think that I was literally laughing at that point. I just thought I, I wrote something funny. So I put that there. So it was just kind of a, an acknowledgement of, of self and that you're, that you're funny. So the same thing with LOL, when they, when they write something, they, they it was to intended to, be not serious or, or something to that effect. And, yeah, it's, I think it's just kind of a, another iteration of that. I guess. See, uh, I'm I'm so much of a, a comedy person that how many ha's, like I'll go ha, 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 ha. How many ha's I put in there means how much more funny it is. <laughs> <laughs> and if I say this literally made me laugh, that means that it actually made me laugh, not that it was just like, oh, Good one. I like it. Yeah, so literally, literally, that's another that's another word that that's kind of lost lost its meaning. Oh my god, it's completely lost its meaning. I want to strangle my children all the time. Literally, I'm like, you're literally not. Whatever you say, you're literally bored to death. No, you're literally not, or you'd be dead right now. Stop like being that. stupid. <laughs> words are, that that is what words don't matter anymore. I feel like to. Uh, People don't consider their words very much. You're older than me, but I sound like I'm the old man in this conversation. <laughs> words don't matter anymore, these kids these days. Well, I, think, I think most people just don't stop to consider what they're saying. They, they try to get as much in as they can, and, and I think that they're affected by what they hear uh, on, in media. You know, they, they spew or repeti repetitiously things that they've heard. With, without considering the meaning or uh, just not having any meaning at all. And, and uh, of course, speech and, and language change. It's a, it's kind of an evolution also, you know, things. Constant. Uh, even, yeah. even, the, even in the last hundred years, the English language has changed quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, here's, a, here's an interesting example. Um, if you look at the King James Bible, most people know what a King James Bible is. They, they has the, it was written, King James was written in like um, 16, something 1611 maybe but it has you know these dials those instead of i you know stuff like that so mm -hmm. um that's in 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 what that's four less than 400 years it's it's changed to the point where i don't know who who reads the king james bible anymore nobody well nobody reads the bible hardly anyway but but not yeah certainly not <laughs> It's, it's 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 difficult it's difficult and and some some words have even even changed to the extent that they're not comprehensible in in modern language just from that that period of time no i i would i would say even when i was in high school and that was what uh i graduated less than 20 years ago mm -hmm. 
there were some books, you know, classic books that it's like, I don't even know what this sentence means. This is not, I know it's English, but it's not my English. <laughs> right. And that's my kids, luckily, thus far, I mean, they're still seventh and fourth grade, so they're not reading, you know, The Good Earth. Although I think that was in fine English. That was just a horrible book. Doesn't age well, in my humble opinion. It was my grandmother's favorite book, I was told, but I hated it. Uh, it actually made me stop reading for like a decade. <laughs> High school required we reading. <laughs> there's there's good there's good books to be. There's a lot of classic literature. You know, Swiss Swiss Family Robinson, Robinson Crusoe, uh, the Odyssey, the Iliad. You know, all those things. Those I think that everybody should voluntarily want to read those things just to have context in in society in western culture um you know so it's, it's sometimes sometimes like movies like um uh, movies that people have all watched it gives them a context in in their in their life you know um it's a wonderful it's a, life <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful life exactly those movies like that they have a, they have a lot of context in in our in our culture and if, if you're a person that that hasn't seen those you're, you're not going to get a lot of references and and you know, it's not that I'm encouraging people to talk in movie quotes, but um, you, you do. You have I, to I, I do think I, I almost brought this up earlier, but I didn't I didn't want to uh, take it a bridge too far. Uh, showing your children movies in cinema, I, I feel like that's important, too, <laughs> like uh, to understand um, like my daughter. Uh, we watched The Breakfast Club uh, a few mm -hmm. months ago. And it was like, that was the 80s. You know, my son's too young, he, and he wouldn't care anyway because he's just a football nerd. Right. That's another thing. Now you can be a football nerd. You don't need to be a, you know, a jock. You can just be a nerd who loves football. So what is a football nerd? You don't play football? You just watch it or what? No, he plays it, but he, it's like that's all he talks about. It's like, yeah, you're kind of one note. Is that what they call a bro? <laughs> A what? A bro, B R O. Yeah, he's probably a bro. Okay. My 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 daughter. I uh, last weekend I I cooked this great uh, chicken parmesan and meatballs and sauce and spaghetti. My parents came over. It was me, my two kids, my parents, and my daughter called me bro twice, and my mother, her <laughs> grandmother, she called her bro. It's just what I'm like. First of all, you're a girl. We're a bro. <laughs> I got that from my nephew um, last year, maybe. He started. He started doing that, and there was a. There's a. Apparently, a particular way that you're supposed to greet one another as as a bro. You you. Uh, there's a particular handshake and gestures and stuff that you're supposed to do. Uh, I I really I I did my best to appease them, but I. I <laughs> I was not. I was not considered cool, so I, I'm going to have to work on that. I'm usually pretty malleable with the like. Okay, I'm just going to mirror what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's a circus. That's uh, yeah. That that's what. I, by the way, coaching my son's ten year old team, it's like, how much am I allowed to cuss? I don't. I don't know what you guys deal with at school at this point. Can I say ass? I. Yeah, I wonder. I, I I don't have any ten year olds anymore. Um, I'll with my 
my nieces and nephews, my, my youngest niece just turned 13. So, uh, and my, my sister, so this is, a, this is another good story. My, I have three younger sisters, my middle sister, uh, she turned 42 and had her first child. Oh, at yeah. 42? 42. Yeah. So he's, he's, uh, three years old now. And, uh, so he's going to be the next generation of what the next iteration of whatever language has changed and customs have changed by the time he gets to be a teenager that I'm going to have to step my game up and, and get with the program, you know? Oh yeah. I feel like every, it's probably like every six years. It seems like there's something all the time. There's something that's changed. And, yeah. Uh, it, it's yeah. I, I have, I have some like, 18 year olds who I deal with in certain things and, and even who've reached out to me who like comedy or my podcast or whatever. And they're like a generation above my daughter who, you know, is about to turn 13. I, I you know, it's like, uh, this is a, I, but, but in fairness, I do think this has probably always happened. Just nowadays you, you have the 12, 13 year olds interacting with the adults on social media that you didn't have 30 years you know i i think some of it's just the technology has gotten where a teenager can watch me be an idiot on youtube doing something or listen to my podcast Uh, i label most of them explicit so kids can't but their parents don't always block off adult stuff so Oops, yeah. <laughs> not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, some things become more prevalent in the world. You know how uh, people don't pay too much attention to um, what they say and, and the implications of that either. So, Will, I uh, I'm going to plug, of course, in the show notes your uh, your links. Uh, you know, you can get the glorious Gizzard of Roz and all of the other stuff on his Amazon page. Is there any place else that my listeners can find your books or find you to uh, interact? The, the the thing that I update most, I just just recently got on TikTok not too long ago. But oh. I, I, use, I use my, um, uh, everything will go to my Instagram account. So my Instagram is Curious Mind of Will. That's my company name at, at Instagram. So check it out there. You can see what I'm doing. I, I do a lot of my illustrations and stuff like that for, for my upcoming books. I, I put little snippets of, of the story text and, and storylines and things like that in there. Uh, what I'm up to typically is going to be Curious Mind of Will at uh, Instagram. All right. I'm adding you right now on Instagram, if I can type. Um, you do Wait, so you do your own illustrations? I do, yes. Wow. Yeah, so I'm working, I'm working on... Um, a story called Gary the Great. There's a few. Let me see what I've got up. I just did one the other night. Oh wow! It looks like you showed the progressions of the characters too on yes, there, huh? Yeah, I've done. So my last one that I did. This is actually my first book. So when I when I first started uh, writing books, I was not I was not looking to write books. I just wanted to read my stories as just my voice and just do audiobooks and and release them that way. As it turns out, you can't do that. You actually have a book before you can read an audio book. You know, so I was like, well, that's kind of disappointing. So I published my first book, Vlad in the Vast Beach, just so I would have an actual book. Well, people started reading it and said, oh, this doesn't have illustrations. And I was like, well, I didn't want to have illustrations. I was just, you know, 
I just wanted to get this book out so that I could re read the audio, which I never did get around to doing the audio. But nonetheless, uh, I put my next book out. Um, it's called Sticky Fingers from Jam. And I, I did the, I had, I didn't do the cover myself. I had uh, someone do the cover for me. And um, then it still didn't have illustrations. I got the same feedback. Oh, it has to have illustrations. So my third book, The Glorious Gizzard of Bras, fully illustrated. Um, and all of my books from here on out will be fully illustrated. But this, uh, the book, one that's up here now is The Little Boy, it's the one that I did the other night. This is uh, the character Vlad from Vlad and the Vast Beach. So um, he's uh, visiting an urban beach. I don't know if you've uh, been to an urban beach or not. So um, most people think of the beach, they think of Florida or, or North Carolina or, or Pebble Beach or something like that. But uh, there's lots of urban beaches also. So in, in uh, my travels associated with the Russian language, I went to Brighton Beach. Brighton Beach is a community in New York City that everything is Russian. So all the signs are Russian, all the people are Russian, all the stores are Russian, you know, everything's really? Russian. Yeah, so it's close to Coney Island. Um, you go out there to the beach, you know, probably 80, 90% of the people that are there are are Russian speaking people. And they're just out there, it's like a it's like a beach, like you would have Myrtle Beach, only it's right there in the in the edge of New York City. So um, that's that was my inspiration for where the story was located. And also, um, I do a lot of traveling in, in Europe and things like that. And I, I would, I had written the the story of Vlad actually on an airplane between Croatia and Ireland. I wrote it in about two hours. Um, there was a little girl that was sitting beside me on the plane, little eleven year old girl, and she was reading over, over my shoulder. I was writing on my tablet. Um, She's reading over my shoulder every once in a while what I was writing and. Um, I had spent the previous week in Croatia on the beach. So the beaches in Croatia, um, it's right along the Adriatic Sea. The, um, the beaches are pebbles. They're just like little tiny, tiny rocks. And I was like, I love that because I don't go to the, I don't like going to the beach myself because I don't like sand. I, sand just contaminates you. You get it everywhere. It's you're, you're brushing it off of you. It seems like for weeks afterward. I hate the and, pebbles. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, just fine. But the, the pebbles, the pebbles are nice and warm. You know, they they're they're warm by the sun. I don't like the sun anyway. I burn very very easily. So I found a shade tree and laid out under the shade tree, with my feet, you know, in the sand. But I have to reposition myself every every few hours, you know, just so I wouldn't get burned. But uh, that was one of the most relaxing vacations, just in just laying on the beach there in Croatia. But anyway, go, going back to the story. I wrote that in about uh, about two hours on the on the plane, and it was it was about those 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 countries where they have uh, cities that that have beaches right 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 in the city. Uh, and I encourage people, you know, if you go to New York City or something like that, it's a different experience. You know, go go to go to Brighton Beach, um, go, go see all the signs. It's kind of like a, a Chinatown for Russian people. It's it's pretty cool. Wow, and I feel like I've heard of Brighton Beach. I never knew. Interesting. Well, I uh, I'm going to be checking out your Instagram here shortly, so expect some well, likes. I'll, I'll look for you. I'll, I'll see. I'll see. I have to see where you're, <laughs> you come in, and yeah, it looks like you just came through. Yep, there we go. I'm going to yes. follow you back. Saint J Mac uh, on uh, Instagram. Now we're friends. Boom. <laughs> uh, well, Will, I uh, had a great time talking to you. Uh, <laughs> Apologize if I went a little crazy. I blame these MREs, which I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw these out. Thank God I didn't eat them at all. You've kept me so engaged in the conversation I didn't eat the food. That's oh, a, a that's time. credit to you. 
Yeah. Well, I, I try to be entertaining. Uh, I, that's one thing I do like. I like the, the aspects of, of teaching school and uh, I read at children's story times at libraries and stuff like that. That's a, such a good time. You're engaging with, with the kids and, and um, I, I, it's funny, funny to me because the kids know that I have stories that I read aside from the ones that I'm reading at the story time. And the little kids will come up and it's like, read us another story, read us another story, you know, because they, they know I have several of several of them that I'll that I'll read to them. And I, I don't I don't read all of them to every child. Now, for instance, the Wee Wally, I, I don't read that to kids without their parents' permission. That's, that's not a bad story. I just don't want to give kids any ideas. You know, they they certainly have enough ideas of their own. Oh, well, that's definitely the one I'm going to give my kids. <laughs> well, it's not published yet. So it's, it's an unpublished story. <laughs> you know if, you, if you want it, if you have time in the show, I can read that to you and you will, you will have it and you can, you can hear it for yourself. Yeah. Okay. Let, let me, let me call, pull it up here. Um, this is a story called Wee Wally. It's not published. I wrote it just a few, few months ago. Um, it goes like this. I learned something new today. And now that I'm three, I'm constantly searching for new places to wee. Mom had shown me the toilet. I left some debris, but as we walked down the lane, she didn't foresee that I had to go badly a wee emergency. So she told me that I should just go on a tree, which left me to wonder just where can I wee? I weed on the flowers planted in our front yard. I weed on mom's tires without any regard for all of the trouble she went through that day to polish them and scrub them to a shine while I played. I weed on a tree already that's true, but from a tree, that is to wee with a view. The branches were wet, all covered from spray. Getting down, I got damp, but that was okay. As I walked past our house while chasing the ball, I had to go badly, so I weed on the wall. I stood drawing patterns using only my stream. I can see it's a talent, or so it would seem. I weed in a bottle that I found by the street. I did it out in the open and far from discreet. I tried to wee on a bird, but had no success. I tried running and weeing. It was such a big mess. I weed on some ants that were running around. I weed on a post that was stuck in the ground. I weed in a puddle, then made one of my own. When I weed on the steps, some splashed on Dad's phone. I weed on Mom's pots with lettuce growing inside, but she couldn't tell, even if she had tried. I weed on the couch. It sprayed all around. My kitty got frightened and quickly jumped down. As I weed in the closet, I drew little kid art. I made some circles, a square, a flower, and a heart. As I finished my canvas, I heard a great cry. Mom had sat on our couch that was no longer dry. She stood there perplexed as she felt her backside about the source of the liquid and why it would hide. She looked up at the ceiling and the walls and the floor, but still couldn't imagine what the water was for. While all this was happening, I walked down the hall. I planned to get a big drink, then play some football. I'm not sure how it happened. Somehow I'd lost track of my intent to go play and to be quarterback. I climbed to the counter to get a glass from the shelf, and as I filled it with water, I was proud of myself. I was weeing in the sink as Mom walked in the room. She insisted our kitchen was not a bathroom. She told me the toilet's the only place I should wee, and if she didn't, she'd swat me. That's a sure guarantee. The lesson we learn here is even though we are free to we where we have to, we must always foresee that there are lots of those out there that will not agree. Even though it is doubtful, mom will agree with my view. I know if she had an aimer, she'd we on things too. 
So when nature comes knocking, discreetly answer the door in the woods or your toilet and in a pinch, go explore. <laughs> I'm I'm buying that book for my two-year-old <laughs> nephew well, the second still, it hits the market. It's it's still I I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out how to illustrate it in tastefully a, <laughs> in a tasteful way. So you remember there was a popular trend years and years ago, probably in the 80s, 90s of Calvin and Hobbes, is that the... no, 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 there were there were these little lawn ornaments of uh, little boys with you know the stream, you know. Yeah. I thought that was so tacky. So I'm trying not to I'm trying not to get that vibe, you know. I wanted to get something that's um you know different and and it and it uh, shows what's going on but doesn't show what's going on, you know. So once I get that figured out, I'm going to publish that book. Yes. Well, please let me know when you do. <laughs> it, it it needs to be while my nephew is still like young. Well, I can Oh, that. I've got another nephew who's who's about to be born in like the next <laughs> month or so. Well, so I, so I, you've I, got I, some I, time. <laughs> I'll work harder. I got to get these got to get these going. Yeah, I might have multiple nephews who I need it. Julian and uh uh Logan. I didn't forget his name. I just every every male that I've read that to has loved it. Um, oh, that's the best. That's one, one the 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 young boys that I have talked read this to actively requested almost every time they see me. So it's it's uh, I, I don't read it to them all the time. And I and their parents the the father is is thinks it's great. The mother is tolerant. She don't want piss on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> again that's where that's where it goes back to is is i'm not i'm not endorsing that they do these things it's just the things that boys do yeah yeah it's not just boys because my my niece that just turned 13 she was she was a quite a child so i i think it was the funniest thing my my uh, sister was a single single parent and my niece was about two years old and she was uh, my sister was cleaning her car and my sister my niece was sitting on the sidewalk and she was like she could see her like pointing down at the sidewalk and she's she went over there and she's like honey what are you doing she goes i'm killing ants goes, don't don't kill ants that's not nice don't kill don't kill ants and my niece looks up to her and she goes i like killing ants she's like oh oh so that's where we're going with that there's you know little girls do the same thing which is my next story that's coming out is called the brat with a bat so yeah um, now, now, I, I will, unless, you, if you want me to, I will put your story on YouTube. Oh, yeah, but, you can do it. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, then I probably will. But I'm also going to put this on YouTube. As far as girls peeing, my sister, Angelique, I want to make it very clear who I'm talking about. Angelique, my last name is, you know, very visible. Uh, one of the reasons why I would never hold my children over my shoulders in the pool is because my grandpa Pat took us to the pool one day and he put my sister on his shoulders and all of a sudden he's like, why is the back of my head burning? <laughs> I'm just peeing. <laughs> you know, I, I girls think... are the same. They just don't have the control. <laughs> as as a father, I'm sure that you've probably been peed on multiple times by now. Oh yeah. I, I have too, many times. And vomited and everything else that, that could possibly come out of the orifice of a child. Oh yeah. For sure. 
I once said, I'm like, I, I, I've had piss, poop, blood, and snot on me. And that's from one of my two children. And now I need to go to work. <laughs> it's a good time. Uh, Will, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, and I'm serious. I'm going to buy so many copies of that book when it comes out. Um, yeah, I hope you can figure out the illustration part. Because I love where your head is with that. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, I, I hope you had a good time. I had a great time chatting with you, Will. I had a great time, Jeff. It's been Thanks for inviting me. I, I really uh, did have a good time tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. Guess who? I'm going to give you 10 seconds to subscribe to the Jeff Nicolino podcast. 10, 9, 8, time's up. That is it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you, Will Blaine. Uh, for, uh, uh, you know, an interesting conversation. I do apologize. I meant to put this in the pre-notes. This was the, um, and this is 100% my fault. I want to make this very clear um, <laughs> because I told Will, I, I'm like, I, I had to move your podcast back a week because I have to edit the audio a lot. And it was because I had, I've got this new USB splitter because I have so many things uh, that I need to, have plugged in apparently it like supercharges your stuff which is actually great but i didn't know it so i recorded this episode and i was uh well i, I don't remember the decibel levels and i don't think most listeners would understand it if i if i did um uh, but let's just say i was at a 10 and he was at you know a five which is where you should be <laughs> let's just say that uh i it sounded like comparatively you couldn't even hear him and his audio was was perfect and mine was uh just so you can probably even hear it sounds like i'm shouting just it got lowered well that's that's exactly how the editing went uh, i'm not great at it but i did my best this is definitely the longest i'd spent editing because every time i made a noise i mean i even like putting a, a glass down on the table would just like make this loud echo so hopefully i caught everything i apologize this is uh mistake uh or you know now i know <laughs> now i know uh, i've got a couple great but thank you to will uh for a fun episode and uh check out his books uh at the links below uh of course i already mentioned uh in the pre-roll uh, the link for better help is also below. And also Flaviar. This is the club you'll be telling all your friends about. Taste exciting craft and premium spirits. Access exclusive drinks and learn the ways of a true whiskey aficionado. All of a sudden, you'll find yourself with a personal home bar from the best of bourbon, scotch, rum, gin, or tequila. And heaps of stories to tell. Use the link in the show notes below to get a discount for being a listener of the Jeff Macalino podcast. That's Flaviar. All right, that's about all I got for you. I've got a couple of outstanding guests, a couple more outstanding guests uh, coming your way the next couple weeks. Very excited to share those. Um, I already mentioned, uh, you know, the uh, the Man Show Live. I'd love you to pop a subscription over there on YouTube and, and check it out. Uh, look at the description. See, you know, we've done some product testing. Um couple new shows 
you know, we, we do a different thing. So check that out if you'd be so inclined and see if you're interested. But I'd appreciate you uh, hitting that subscribe button over there. Of course, I've got a YouTube channel. Um, so I, I would always appreciate a subscription there as well. I got a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Minds, TikTok, which I'm, I'm uh, trying. Uh, there's a great video of me and my kids watching Jeremiah Hensley, uh, my uh, uh, hosts with me on FL Teams, another place where you should definitely be subscribed if you have any interest in myself or Florida sports, especially if you have interest in both. Um, where uh, he lost to me in Super Bowl prop bets and had to sing Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. And then, of course, I layered the punishment uh, for losing by the next week. Um, the fine uh, founder of FL Teams edited together a two, uh, let's call it a low lights video to him singing My Heart Will Go On. So that is fun. You can check all that out on FL Teams uh, on their YouTube channel as well. And subscribe there too why not um thanks to gary maselli for his woody woodpecker uh endorsement <laughs> and uh i was gonna say that's all folks but it's boom it's over thanks for listening it was amazing <laughs> i i loved it be sure to come back for another great episode i'm one wing away from jeff macalino of the jeff macalino podcast how much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast you went just straight that's my name i'll add the word podcast to it yep see you next week